Hello everyone, welcome to another fun-filled episode of Wildcard Wrestling, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional wrestling. I am alongside here with Brandon, Jamal, David, and Ravon. How's everyone doing today? Great. Spectacular. I just had some chili cheese fries. We're good to go. We are good to go. We just got we, we just got back from eating dinner and yes, fueled up and ready was to go. Plenty of chili cheese fries. Um, our hot topic, our hot tag topic, that is, does the WWE need blood? Is that a yay or a nay on that? This was going to be an interesting one to debate today. Our what-if scenario is going to be talking about Magnum TA and what would have happened if he, if his career did not fall short from his um, accident that he had in late 1986. And on our fell between the crack match this year this episode we'll be talking about magnum ta versus tully blanchard at starcade 85 in the very brutal hardcore steel cage match the i quit match at that particular starcade but let's start off with our hot tag topic of this particular episode you can always follow us and reach us out on facebook and twitter at wildcard wrestling does the WWE need blood? Here we are now, 2018, and we see blood occasionally, but they do it the hard way. They don't do it the uh, the old, like I say, the uh, the old-fashioned way, the way that we would see it uh, several several years prior. Uh, we all, us wrestling fans, us hardcore wrestling fans, understand the fact. The matter is that these wrestlers, more or less blade themselves they get color they get red they get they call it getting juiced um some non-wrestling fans will say well that's just fake that's just a blood capsule or they splatter something on their head to make it look like they're bleeding the fact of the matter is for the past several decades professional wrestlers yes they do cut themselves and they do bleed recent years in the wwe they have stopped the idea of professional wrestling and their talent to cut themselves to bleed for many reasons the biggest one is that them passing on diseases um, that it might be too hardcore for regular television and for pay-per-views that WWE is more or less a all-ages show to watch <clears throat> my opinion being a wrestling fan for over 30 years I miss the realism of the blood I do feel that we need blood in our matches just because it's wrestling and what they're doing is supposed to injure the other opponent and if you get enough shots to the head you're eventually going to start to bleed when you see a wrestler get hit with a chair or get swung into a steel cage uh, there's something missing there you get your head thrown into a steel cage and they bounce back and they fall on the ground there's no blood you see a guy get catapulted towards the metal turnbuckle by mistake whatever it may be it's missing something it's missing blood it's missing the realism that goes on there brock lesnar in recent years have done it the hard way as far as busting these guys open whether it was roman reigns uh at this year's wrestlemania or even a couple summer slams ago busting randy orton open the hard way brandon what do you think should the wwe bring back its blood policy and i'm not saying every single match but just to bring a a little bit more of realism and excitement to that match and to that event. No. I don't think you need blood. Thank you. I think um, if you have a good match, you don't need blood. I do know matches that have had blood that were good, but I've also known matches where it's excessive and yes. ridiculous. True, true. Um, and it's very um, it's unhealthy for both the wrestler and the people involved. Um, there's a lot of instances where people have bled and passed out. Um, I mean, how can that be a good match if you're groggy and you can't stand up straight? Like, that doesn't seem like a very good idea. If you're passing out backstage, it's not good for health reasons. Um, I do know that they've taken out most blows to the head, period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is a great idea. Nobody needs a concussion. Nobody needs to do... To suffer what Benoit went through with all the strokes and concussions and all that. Um, it's a good thing that they're focusing on the health of these wrestlers because then you get people like AJ Styles who can be 46, 47 years old and wrestle 
where most wrestlers back in the day who are 40 now can't go. True. So focusing on health is very important. I, I don't think you need it. I think if you use it as sparingly as they have been with Brock Lesnar busting up two people, it's a shock factor now. True. I think they've completely gotten rid of the stipulation where you need blood in every match to make it a good match. So when you see that blood, you're like, oh, shit, shit this is crazy. Because mm-hmm. that Roman Reigns match was boring it's for a, everybody. Yeah. And then once you saw Roman Reigns bleeding all over the place, you're like, oh, my God. It's a whole new ball. Like, this is crazy. Yep. Like, I can't believe they'd let this go on in a match. And you're invested that much more. Um, this is some basic points that um, I think you don't really need blood. I think if you have a good match with a good style and a good story... You have a fine match. I don't think you really need blood all the time. All right. I, mean, I, I can understand the idea of having AJ Styles just do a straightforward wrestling match with some high flying and bringing the excitement in the ring. But some of the guys that may be, maybe not be as talented as an AJ Styles might benefit from getting busted open. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, yeah, but your gimmick shouldn't be that you bleed. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying just to kind of just that, that shouldn't be that the guys, the reason why you get over shouldn't be that you bled. Man, kind of the match. Well, I mean that's that was the thinking back then. But look at the guy now. Imagine if he didn't do those things. We could still be seeing him in the ring. It's my blood, not his his feet. Just I mean, fucking ear coming off. You know, I mean, it's like excessive. It, it became excessive to the point where it was harming people. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want because once you give up something, you gotta build on it. But if you're inside of a steel cage and you're seeing these guys getting their heads thrown to the towards the fence, I'm going to assume if my head was thrown to a fence several times, it's I'm eventually gonna start to show a little red on my head. You might you might not. I think especially if you're trained in order to take that blow, people know that you're trained to take that blow. It won't hurt you as much. I mean, it's different if they're raking their face on the cage, yeah. which they don't do anymore, to get the color mm-hmm. than just throwing someone into the steel. I mean, your shoulder will bounce, your chest will bounce, you protect your head. Yeah. You wouldn't want to take blows to the head, so it makes sense that you wouldn't let your head be taken unless somebody does it. Now, I could see if someone grates someone's face, then yeah, when I get some little colors, okay. If someone gets slammed into a cage during a steel cage match, the cage isn't stationary. So if somebody gets thrown into it, the cage sort of goes with them. It has been to it. So yeah. it's not like, you know... I could see like the steel wall. turnbuckle, but they don't take that with their head. And if you were in a wrestling match and you are thrown into a turnbuckle, wouldn't you put up your arms? Like, you would, you know, Yeah, but this is, we're talking about professional wrestling. Wrestlers don't do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're talking about <laughs> realism. So if you're in a fight and somebody's going to throw you into a steel post, yes. you're going to put up your arms to defend yourself or take it with your shoulder. If you take a look at Cesaro now, though, he has that mouth guard because he, what, he have two teeth? Yeah, because he hit mouth. the post and it came out. And how exciting was that to watch? It was unexpected. It didn't really, but it didn't really like make the match any better. I think it did. It just made us talk about that spot. It didn't be like this match is better because Cesaro lost his teeth. Well, what about like a Hell in the Cell match? It literally says Hell in a Cell. Well, it doesn't say Blood in a Cell. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> Hell in a Cell. But if you're mercilessly beating the crap out of each other in a cell, that's kind of hell. Yeah. You don't need blood. Sure you do. Hmm. Why? It's hell in a cell. But it's not blood in a cell. Twenty high steel cages with <laughs> ceiling in it. But what I'm saying is, they have all kinds of weapons they can use. <laughs> well, they're not using weapons. Well, they should. It's <laughs> hell in the cell. And you know, like you said, take chair shots. Nobody takes a chair shot to the head. They don't no, even they use don't. They don't chairs. They do chair anymore. shots to the head anymore. No, I, I agree. Like with TLC that. is not. You don't see when you see a chairs match. True. <laughs> what was what's to say like the old the old fashioned way when you see guys getting just punched in the head several times? Because they don't really do that anymore. Punches to the heads. They do shoulder, elbow, uppercuts. Uppercuts. Who's gonna bleed in the forehead from a Cesaro uppercut? I'm just saying a regular punch to the forehead. I mean, yeah, Brian Jackson and ground guys in the forehead. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. I think there there has to be some form of realism. If you're taking a shot to the head, I think the realism comes from the aggression. Like, if Brock Lesnar got you on the ground, he's mercilessly pumping your head, 
And you get busted open, of course. Yeah, the hard way. Yeah. I'd rather just blade myself instead of having to <laughs> throw a damn elbow in my head. I'd rather have the elbow in my head. Not me. I would never want to blade myself in a million years. If the money was right. <laughs> how much how much do you think they're going to get paid more for a blade job? Well, back you lose the, money for a blade job. Back, now. now, nowadays you get fined, but back in the day, you talk about guys like Dusty Rhodes and all those guys, the reason why they got so much color, you got a little extra here and there because that was kind of like a bonus. For the show, and everyone does it. And it becomes mainstream. True, true. And I I understand that WWE didn't do the whole no blood policy for for years, and then they brought it back for the Attitude Era, and then we were off and running, especially during the whole ruthless aggression era. And that's where you were seeing those really that was that was excessive. It didn't didn't need to happen. And I I agree to see uh, John Cena literally his whole body. Drenched in blood against JBL, Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero, uh, the, the, the and Undertaker, and stuff. Imagine like all those lives and careers shortened because of it. Triple They're still H. wrestling. Eddie Guerrero still wrestling. He's dead. <laughs> and that was not, a, not because of blood, yeah. because of concussions and stuff like that. He had a heart attack. Mm, that affects your body. Man. <laughs> I mean, what? it's it's not it's not good for you. What do you think, Rayvon? Are you a yay or nay on the whole uh, blood policy in the WWE? If you're going to do something vicious as a Hell in a Cell, a Last Man Standing match, I Quit match, a Steel Cage match, any match that require any match that has a foreign object in a ring, there should be at least a trickle of blood. There's no blood whatsoever. That's what makes it unrealistic. Case of, but I do understand that you have, you know, people out here doing, uh, people out here using blades for, uh, Violent means, like, I mean, not violent means, but self-destructive means, like, cutting and suicide, stuff like that. So, I can see why you want to stay away from that perception. I get it. Okay? But, if you're still trying to sell entertainment, don't call, don't, don't come to me with the entertainment factor, and I'll, and I'll get the full package. If I want, if I want entertainment with the full package, I have to go to a movie and watch an action scene where somebody, get, somebody fights and beats each other to death. If you're selling me a Hell in a Cell or a cage match where two guys are locked in a steel cage where they do in movies and they beat each other mercilessly with elbows, shoulders, and fists to the forehead, exactly. then you should, I should, I don't understand. Like, it's, you like, give me the same product, but you're telling me, well, and you're just photoshopping out the this one single thing. It's a very important detail. It shows just how serious that match is. Like, Case of point, you're telling me that you don't want blood. I get it, but WWE rather for a well-trained man to walk into the ring who is Brock Lesnar and beat the crap out of Ready Or, who doesn't even know how, to, who doesn't even, doesn't have no formal training, and take uh, the the punch the hard way and not get cut open. What you trying to say? Would that be no? He should okay be cut you? open. That was the point. But. You want no blood, correct? You you only blood plays a factor. So why are they bleed? Why are they blood? I mean, no, why they, I'm why saying. Why they the I'm way? saying when you take blood out of it mm-hmm. and then you bring it back in that instance, it adds to it. But if you have blood every single, like if on that card you had blood every single match, mm-hmm. and then Brock Lesnar cuts Randy Orton open, mm-hmm. you don't care. Why would you care? So your problem is not it doesn't blood add to itself. It it's the it's the overuse of blood. Okay, because you so if you if you take blood out. Right. And then you introduce it very slowly back in, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's going to make a big appearance. But if you see it all the time in yeah. every match, and you're saying blood adds to a match, then why wouldn't everyone just bleed? Okay, I just understand that because you hear all these, you had a lot of all these facts about why blood isn't good in the business, and then you see. Well, overall, I'm not you're talking about it's, it's, as a practice, it's yeah. overall bad. Correct. But yeah. you would prefer just a little bit of it. That's what I'm saying. Like, sparingly. Like, it runs every uh, two, three years. Blood in a match. Every two, three years? Does we have bloody match? I wouldn't care for any blood. If it's billed as a violent match, blood. Any other match, no. That's like my thing. If, if you do it every single cage match, eventually you're like, I'm expecting blood in this match. They don't do every... Do, don't do 100 cage matches. Do 10 a year. Do 5 a year. Do but 3 then, a year. At the same time, if do you, them as do, the, if you do 10 a year, I mean, they don't do that many cage matches anymore. No, they Yeah, don't. they do it in the middle of a ring mm-hmm. for no reason. Against Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar. No, no, I'm saying cage matches, period. 
Yeah. They don't have that many anymore. Yeah. They have a lot of hell I wonder if eventually they're going to phase the cage out. I only see them ever doing cage matches if it's like there's two guys going at it. And um, I only see it using like a rubber match situation. If they want to settle a feud completely, they'll put it on a network special or on the main event of Raw, a steel cage. And I think there's so much more you could do with the cage in general Mm. than just bleed off getting hit off. Like like Brock Lesnar spearing Roman Reigns through a cage was awesome. Obviously, way around, like you were just saying. Um, oh yeah, it was the other round. Sorry, uh, I didn't Rob, watch the match. Yeah. That was that was, so that, was cool. very, that was cool. For, it was um, creative. It was a good way. Charlotte to it. and uh, Sasha Banks, yeah. where Charlotte was slamming the cage coming down on Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. It didn't yeah. need blood. No, it is. It they should have both. Sasha blood. Banks' blood was squirting out her throat when she was getting slammed. No, like, that, that's, that, that, that's, that's over the board. That would have been cool. But I mean, if you have a cage dropping on top of you. And someone's like slamming you with it. Yeah, you're gonna get blood coming out of your throat. I mean, mm-hmm. that's your internal organs are injured. If you want realism, mm-hmm. then she should be well, falling in the mouth with blood. Well, I was going. I was speaking back off of what you said. You said they should be blocking all this stuff. I mean, you still get blood. What about the arms? If you're block, if I'm blocking chair shots, I get welts. Welts turn. Welts. That you turn the sores. Yeah. Have you ever seen Cesaro's yeah. body after a match? Yeah, yeah, same. Or during blood. a match, it forms yeah. or. Um, Seamus? Seamus, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. gets he gets messed up. Scratches Wait. and bruises and welts. And it happens. Wait, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a happenstance. He doesn't pick it up not, all the time, but sure. I'm sure it happens. Well, it's a happenstance, not something that is a... Uh, I guess the way I put it is... It, it's not something that should be picking... It's not something that should be... Um, served out like a, like a sandwich. All I'm saying is, if... You build a match to be to get super okay. For example, you think it'll be you think it's gonna be blood in you think you you would think it'll be blood in the what is it called the elimination chamber, okay? Yeah. Because they build it as what the most harshest, yeah, unforgiving, <clears throat> all like all these terrible things. And you telling me these guys take whips? They you you seen the bumps they take into the, the no cuts, no bruises, no nothing. Here's what that's I'm saying. not realism. Um, I, I like this analogy a lot, way. so I'm going to use it. Go ahead. Um, I didn't come up with it, mm-hmm. but it's like um, a dessert. Like, um, if you have like a bag of chips, you just keep eating chips. Mm-hmm. So like, blood is like like that. If they keep if they keep having blood on there, you just you consume it. Mm-hmm. It's like doesn't mean anything. It's like a empty calories mm-hmm. going into your body. Yeah. But if they if you go like once you get like a nice slice of like real chocolate cake and you savor it mm-hmm. it's that much better because you you're savoring it it's luxurious it's delicious it's like it's like that cake but it's that's what it should be you yeah. should like like in those matches it's like wow that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's like, okay, they're going to bleed right now. Okay, they're going to get hit with this. They're going to bleed. Yeah, but okay, they, they're going to bleed now. They create this you, thing. They have that's a what, that's what I'm saying. To they're pulling back match. now. Yeah. So blood becomes special. Mm-hmm. So if you have it all the time, if in, if four out of the five ma- or four out of the seven matches on a card are blood blood matches, mm-hmm. then it's not special. No, nothing is gained from bleeding. I'm not saying that we're going to have every match be a bloody match on the card. Well, if you have a Hell in the Cell and five, four of the five matches are, or four out of the seven matches are blood, you expect four matches to have blood. Well, if it's a Hell in the Cell match, right. I'm going to expect Well, on a card, blood. there's like three, four matches that are in the cell. Yeah, sometimes. Maybe one or two. I mean, it's more like three or four now. Like, so they have like eight matches on a card. Yeah. So it's like four or five of them okay, in the cell. Well, say the Elimination Chamber. There's one match, yeah. I'd give you that. I'd give me some blood? I'd give you some blood on that. What about the Extreme Rules pay-per-view? No. If I don't have multiple matches with blood and Extreme Rules, don't call it Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules is... I said get rid of Extreme Rules. Oh, I agree. I agree. There's, I'm just saying... I said get rid of Hell and Fatal. When they... When they I'm the TLC. Yep. I'm, I'm fine with TLC going away as well. Yep. The last match. Because... Because um, there, they should bleed. I, I think when you do something, you have to instantly top it. Yes and in no. Or, in order to, you know, like if you have a really good ladder match, they expect the next ladder match to be even better. True. And sometimes you just can't top it without physically injuring people. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where we're seeing the blood. Where 
these guys are doing these high risk things, especially in ladder matches. I think we see more blood in these ladder matches than anything else. Taking the the ladder, the you know, on on the corner of your head, and then getting it's, busted. It's open. disgusting. No, it's great. Sometimes when those ladders bend like that, you like this guy's dead. Well, yeah, I'm, I, trust me. I'm, He's I'm, broken in half. I don't personally want to see guys going through ladders and stuff like that, but if a guy's going to be part of a ladder match and they know that they're going to use that ladder as a weapon against their opponent, yeah, you might expect to get cut open the hard way like Randy Orton did. So don't book the match. Exactly. Or book it in a way that you don't hit the person's head with a ladder. How's that probably You try to win. <laughs> That's the right. thing. Right, but if you don't hit their head, then there's no blood. If you uh, just hit their body uh, or their uh, chest their head. Sweet. or their arms, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Move! Or like, um, for instance, I know it wasn't a very good match, but it's still pretty good. That um, uh, Shawn Michaels versus um, Razor Ramon match, where there was a ladder match, but they weren't allowed to use the ladder as a weapon. Yeah, that was SummerSlam '95. Yeah, it was still a good match. They did a good match with it. It's like they were sidelined with the rules. Yeah, but I'm sure if they actually worked out the rules, it could have been a great match. They could have been. You don't have to use the ladder as a weapon. Could have just possibly been blood in SummerSlam '90, but it wasn't. Jamal, what's your take on? You've been kind of quiet in that corner. Oh, my take on blood? Yeah, you're blue. Yeah, blood. Okay, well, my take on blood. Let me uh, let me give you my real take on blood. Uh, yeah, I think we need blood. We need lots of blood, but we need blood in the right moments. I mean, blood like main event matches. Blood. We need that type of blood. We need we need where if I see someone taking. Let's say, uh, let give you a good example. Uh, Mr. Triple H used to always swing a hammer around. <laughs> exactly. You, there you, you go. somebody in the goddamn head with a hammer, and there's no blood, no bruises, no whelps. Uh, you have basically took me all out of the realism of wrestling. So I am now a little disappointed. I don't care if you have to blade your chest, your shoulder, your back, but if you take a hit from a sledgehammer, I need to see blood. That's, That's why it. You don't see a sledgehammer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, that sledgehammer was there for a good almost 15 years. Now, sledgehammer is gone, but that man don't wrestle no more. He recently used it. Yes. Did he use it at WrestleMania 34 the next yes. tag? Yeah, he used he it with, uh, against uh, Roman Reigns. I, th- I don't think he hit anybody, though. Nah, he did not. He think missed he every missed. time. He missed every time, but he it was out. Missed. Out and about. Swing it in, man. Book it so it doesn't do anything. I got. Oh, Go ahead. Before we uh, Go ahead, send it to David, I got one more thing to say. Without blood, we would not have greats in this company. We would not have Ric Flair, because just about every other Ric Flair match had blood. Sure did. That was his. That was Woo! his trademark. That man was the master of the first blood match. Even though he lost them all because he was always the first person to bleed, because Ric Flair was basically high off cocaine with a blade in his hand. Thank you. But blood is what we need. But only, and I'm going to say main events. If it's not a main event, I truly don't need to see it. I think your your main events are supposed to always culminate in blood. That's mm-hmm. that's If I'm at WrestleMania and I don't see blood my main event, it, it's like, okay, they didn't go full effort. They did not put their blood, sweat, and tears. You saw it last yeah. time. Yeah, but we did. You ditched. You that's ditched. what the saying yeah, comes well, from. Well, I'm not sitting there to watch a Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. But it's not great. You I, I had better things to do with my life right then and there. Um, <laughs> yes, that was getting back to the room and trying to go to sleep. Because you guys were watching it in the room. That's true. We were trying to watch it in the room. I finished watching it and I came back and you guys were sitting there trying to watch it. Uh, Just <laughs> so, Don't even try to front, man. What we're trying to say here, listeners, is that Four of us went to WrestleMania. We made three of the four of us proceeded to leave during the before the main event of Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar. We got back to our room in time to watch the match while another participant of the group decided to sit back and watch it at WrestleMania. And it was amazing. And uh, I don't regret that one moment, actually. Glad you met. I got back to the room. I know you do. Because when I got back to the room, you guys were struggling to watch it. We were struggling to watch it. You guys were clicking off, going, Why is the stream not working? Trying to watch it. I'm sitting sitting there laughing at you guys because you're like, Why? Why? I couldn't watch my phone. No, it's not working on my phone. It wasn't working on my phone either. The frustration in that room was palpable. But the good news was that. Yeah. The, the, good, <laughs> no, the good news I was that it. I was back at the room with my pajamas on. Exactly. Quickly had a es- cold brew. Es- escape and go to sleep yep. quicker than I would have been. I was there. back exactly. in the room with my pajamas on watching you guys be frustrated trying to watch but it. But he needs to put you to sleep. And Roman Reigns and Rod Lesnar puts you to sleep. 
he got that was like a lot of mine. He just well, like, you guys didn't even get to watch it. No, so we had a <laughs> you gotta watch it the next morning. He had a pretty shitty night. Yeah. <laughs> Hard time getting sleep. And it makes it was, me feel uh, better. I really didn't want to watch it to start with. I didn't need to see it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was um, Jamal they, was Jamal was desperate. He was trying to get on his phone. And everything. Don't let him, don't let him try to front you. Man, I ain't front nobody. I was he good. I was desperate. The music. I was actually back there watching Batman. <laughs> watching trip, Batman. I was you watching were Batman. Not. You were on the couch with Aaron trying to watch it. I was behind you guys eating a pizza. <laughs> I was on the couch watching that Batman. That part of it's kind of true, too. And I, I could see what was on your phone. You are desperately trying to get it on the network. Well, I had watched it and already got it back, which was awesome because... I got to see the fireworks at the end. That was cool. There's fire today? Yeah, the fire. The building lit up in fireworks. Did anyone catch on fire? No. Okay. Not yet. David, what do you think? Should WWE have blood in the uh, in the organization still? I agree with the rest of you. I think they should still have it because people come to expect it. But I think it should only be used with the veteran superstars. I, I and on the biggest four pay per views of the year. But like you said, if the match is good enough and the story is good enough, you don't need it. Hmm. I don't think you should ever book blood. Yeah, you well, should. You shouldn't book blood. You, you shouldn't. Mean, you huh? shouldn't book blood. But the idea is give your guys, give the talent the option of, hey, you know what, to make this, what make this match more creative and make it more interesting. If this guy gets a little bit of color, he shouldn't be going back to the dressing room and getting fined or whatever amount. No, no, no. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying when you book a match, you shouldn't book someone to bleed. No. No. No, I am not subscribing to that. No. And this. you shouldn't book them to bleed, and also, they shouldn't bleed excessively. Yeah, you're right. You're no, I, sure. I, 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 agree think, I think if someone yeah. leaks like John Cena used to, yeah. they should be fined. Yeah, absolutely. Because absolutely. that's dangerous. But if you get a cut and it's bleeding a little bit, don't stop the match. Yeah, put on don't the gloves. Don't put on the gloves and stop the match yeah, to fix uh, the problem. Yeah, I'm fine with that. What I'm saying is don't book blood. Exactly. I, I agree. I mean, I'm just saying. It's there if you need it, but don't abuse that yeah. privilege. Exactly. If you're in a match and you decide, hey, getting some color is going to make this match good, you shouldn't have to worry about getting fined when you go back. But also, you should do it anyway. Just because, you know, but, uh, if Vince McMahon sees it and it's good, yeah. he's not going to find it. Yeah. Look. Like Bret Hart and um, Piper. Yeah. Piper. And Austin. Yeah. They both yeah. oh, okay. Um But yeah, I mean. You should use discretion, but I don't know if a lot of newer talent can really do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, my my take on it is no blood. Mine is yay for blood. Jamal. Mm, yeah, yeah, blood. Mm, yeah. Rayvon. Your accent changes. So in moderation. I have to. David. I'll go with moderation. I buy that. So we got four for yay, one against nay. Alrighty, let's move on to our next topic. But before we do, once again, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Wildcard Wrestling. Give us your feedback. Should the WWE have blood or not? What's your opinions nope. about that? Nope. Damn. But our next one here, nope. this is going to be the what-if scenario. This is going to be an interesting one for um, <laughs> wrestling fans that are kind of new into uh, watching wrestling for maybe the past, I don't know, several years. And people that have been watching wrestling for longer than several years probably know the name of Magnum T.A. Magnum, Magnum T.A. was a hot wrestler in the 1980s and was gaining a lot of momentum and possibly becoming the future NWA World Heavyweight Champion uh, in late 1986. Unfortunately, he suffered an automobile accident in the fall of '86 which had to make him retire from the business. Magnum T.A. started in, in, in the wrestling business in 1978, and he joined the National Wrestling Alliance. From there, he went on to Florida Championship Wrestling and the Pacific Northwest Wrestling Territories. From there, he was just known as Terry Allen, and later on adapted the character name of Magnum T.A. as the American Heartthrob because he had resemblance of Tom Selleck. That was suggested by none other than Andre the Giant. From there, he went on to Mid-South Wrestling and won the the North American Heavyweight Championship, defeating Mr. Wrestling 2 in spring of 1984, and would then continue to wrestle in that organization until late 1984. From there, he went back to the National Wrestling Alliance, the Jim Crockett Promotions, and won the United States Heavyweight Championship belt against Wahoo McDaniel, in March of 1985. That summer, he was one of the 
participants in the first ever Great American Bash, where he successfully defended his title against Kamala, the Ugandan giant. From there, he started to form a feud with what would be called the Four Horsemen. Him, Dusty Rhodes, Sam Houston, and some other baby faces were feuding with the four members of the Four Horsemen. His main guy that he was feuding with in 1985 was Tully Blanchard. <clears throat> in the fall of 1985, Manning Tate lost the U.S. championship and then would later on regain the championship at Starkid 85 in the first I Quit match inside the steel cage. From there, going into 1986, he started a feud with the Russians, Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff. They would have a best of seven series in the Great American Bash in 1986. Seven matches consisting on who would be the new United States champion. Once that feud ended, he then started to have his eyes set for the NWA championship. Unfortunately, in October 14, 1986, Magnum TA suffered a car accident, which would ultimately result with him retiring from professional wrestling. The rumor, and we've heard this from more than one source, that Magnum TA was more or less getting ready to become the new NWA champion by facing Ric Flair at Starcade 1986. This is an interesting topic to talk about because I think he's one of those guys that his career spanned more or less eight years. Wrestled in different territories. Worked great behind the mic as far as doing the promos. Had some great one-on-one good old-fashioned wrestling matches, but at the same time could brawl. He was a good baby face for the National Wrestling Alliance, especially in the mid-80s. Unfortunately, with his career being short, we don't really know what Jim Crockett and the promoters were going to do with his career uh, in the later part of the 80s. Uh, Rayvon, you and I have talked a lot about Manum T and about his career. Uh, if you had a magic wand, how would you kind of look at seeing Magnum T.A. if that accident didn't happen? And where would his career have gone? Would he have possibly gone to the WWE maybe later in his career? Or would he have maybe stayed in the NWA and just keep on continuing his career throughout that organization? Uh, I, uh, I see Magnum T.A. Pursuing a very having a having a very good career in NWA, possibly staying over into WCW, and possibly be, and definitely being sought after by Vince Man because he has Vince Man. He, in my personal opinion, he had Vince Man idea traits. He had the look, he had the hair, yeah, he had he had the charisma, he had the. He had the build. He had everything that Vince Man looked for. If you don't believe me, you can look at Sid Vicious. You can look at Hulk Hogan. You can look at uh, Shawn Michaels. You can look at not Shawn Michaels. What's that guy named? Um, Shawn Michaels. Uh, even like a Randy Savage, for that matter. Yeah. Or size wise. Yeah. Well, uh, I saw my more like a blondes in particular, but yeah. Yeah. Those type of guys. Yep. Uh, so I, I saw him being very lucrative. Now I, mean, I saw him very, being very. Uh, very successful. Um, with his southern look, or that southern charm, with the with the, the 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 sandy brown mullet, the the bandana around the neck, the cowboy boots. Do you think that would have still have been his thing if he went to the north to the WWF, or were they maybe changed his look and his gimmick possibly? Well, as time has told us, the greats change the times. I mean. Yeah. You know, once again, you got the Hulk Hogan's, the Ric Flair's, the Macho Man's, the, uh, you know, Chris and Wise, Eddie Guerrero's. These guys change over time. I mean, everybody starts somewhere, and all these guys, Rock is a good one. Austin, he was uh, the ring master, and he mm-hmm. was studying Steve Austin. And look, at he's Austin 316. So it's wrestlers that were great, that became great, and have changed over time to culminate what they are, yeah. and to become a great uh, competitor. Uh, as far as the main event guy, he of course he was. Whether the rumors are true or not, he was going to be at the top one way or the other at one point in time. Um, you wrestle, uh, it's very hard to not get over when you're wrestling somebody no. like Ric Flair, yeah. you know, or, or Tully Blanchard or these yeah. guys. Because these guys weren't only the measuring stick; they were also uh, guys who didn't mind giving other wrestlers a push. Yeah. So it wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't like it was a. 
the the I think the question is what is not what he had got over, but how he would have got over. I think is a better question. What do you think, David? When you got a chance to look at Magnum Ta's bio and watch some of his matches, what what was your your take on Magnum and, and his and his career? Um, in the uh, NWA, I think he would have stayed with the NWA, even though that was like before my time, because he was an active wrestler when I was born. True. Um, <clears throat> I think he would have stayed to sort of try to catch up to Ric Flair's record of five United States mm. titles, because um, his feud with Tully Blanchard was done, and you said he was going in to face Nikolai. Nikita Koloff. Nikita Koloff. Um, he probably would have gotten two or three matches out of that and sort of tied his record for three. And then would have used his win against Tully Blanchard as a springboard into the heavyweight title position. Because mm-hmm. he would have gone to Flair and said, hey, I beat you know one of your henchmen once for the title. I can do the same to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what they were trying to do with... Um and then I Magnum. could sort of see him when he was done and retired, sort of maybe taking like an ambassador role or a commissioner kind of role. You know, if you have nothing left to prove, but you want to pass it on to other people, yeah. I could have seen him doing something like that. I mean, so you can more or less see him working like in the performance center, working behind the scenes in the WWE, kind of giving yeah. the, the new talent some advice, suggestions, and you know, how to the better of, their craft. The Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Had he not been injured. True, true. What's your take, Brandon? What do you think about Magnum TA, your buddy? I think Magnum TA, from I, I use Ric Flair as a good barometer for Magnum TA because I feel like their careers are similar. Yeah. I feel like he would have been South only. Okay. Um, just their version of Hulk Hogan eventually. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Absolutely. I, he would have been like a gruffer, more gritty Hulk Hogan. Yep. Um... I, I do think that his career would have very was probably very similar to Ric Flair's. I think he would have kind of followed the same path in terms of title reigns, in terms of feuds. Not so much always with Ric Flair, but mm-hmm. as you can kind of he'd be more like a baby if Ric Flair was a baby face. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I would book him. Um, so he'd be working with a lot of top heels. I I do want to say if he did end up going to the WWE. For WWF at the time, yeah, he would have been heel. Okay, yeah. and um, could you see him being the million dollar man? Maybe no, no. I could see him being. I think he would have more of like a southern cowboy type gimmick. Okay, just from his look, like a southern, maybe like a biker almost type thing. Or well, how about like a ravishing Rick Rude, heartthrob type, egotistical, yeah, self centered. He could pull that off, but he would definitely be a heel, <laughs> and I could definitely see him on the top. Okay. Like I could like definitely a, see him feuding with Hulk Hogan. Like Austin before Austin. Yeah, probably something like that. Because hmm. he was very badass in a way. Yes, absolutely. And and I could see him doing something like that because what the what the WWE does is they get a baby face and they put him on top and then they throw heels at him. Yep. And the baby face always stays on top. The heels come and go. Yep. They leave and then they uh, come back and reprise other roles. But that's what I could see him doing. But I don't see him working out very well in the WWE. I think he only lasts a little while. Okay. I don't think he would work well with the type of style that they wrestle. Yeah. Um, I just I see him being more of a southern guy. A southern style. I could see him being on the top of NWA and WCW definitely. Um, I could see him working for a very long time. He seems like he'd be the kind of guy to... And just stories that I've heard about him. He seems like the kind of guy that would last a long time. I think so, too, because I don't think he was really that injury-prone guy at the time. And he did move around throughout the territories, which was not uncommon, especially. You know. And the stories I've heard about him, he's not a big crazy partier. No, he seems to be kind of like, this is my job, this is what I do. More like, more like I think it was like an Arn Anderson type. Yeah. Like, style of, like, outside the ring. Yeah, his, he didn't have a very crazy lifestyle. So I can see him lasting for a long time. Didn't yeah. he even have a tag team title run with Arn Anderson? No. No, I'm thinking no. of somebody else. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where I would put him. He would definitely be on the top. He would definitely be... Maybe if you're talking about way after that, he could easily be behind the scenes teaching stuff like that. I mean, you could say that with almost everybody, but... Yeah. Um... 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's where I see Man T.A. He would definitely be, like, the baby-faced version of Ric Flair. Yeah, okay. That's kind of where I would think his career would end up. End up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jamal? With your with your information uh, and knowledge. Uh, okay, people. Uh, you did all that research. Well, yeah. I didn't do any research whatsoever. I He's ain't lying, people. He <sighs> is. I'm, I'm not going to lie at all. I'm, I'm the young boy in this situation, so I have literally up until about a year ago, I had no clue who Madam T.A. was. He wasn't even born yet when Megan T.A. Yeah, so I, I was not here, I was but I, from what I do know, I agree on just about everybody's points of... He would he he he's probably the best thing out of or one of the best things out of the NWA and his career probably would have did well in probably WCW in the territories, but if he would have ever went to the WWE, he would have he would have fizzled out. And the only reason I said he would have fizzled out one, Hogan was there. Hogan was already the face. Hawkamania was a thing. He was doing his TV stuff. Your second top baby face was Slaughter with the TV shows and all that. And your top hill at the time was Piper, which Hogan and Piper were already uh, feuding when he got hurt. So let's say 86 and on, WWE is out the question. 90s starting, possibly he could have went there and did something. Mm-hmm. But he his, his big role, if he would have stayed in, let's say, WCW, Jim Crockett, NWA, all that, I could possibly see him being a big face down there. He was already... From what y'all telling me, the man in the territories, and he lived a clean life. So, unlike most wrestlers at the time, he was not gonna fall off on coke somewhere in a ditch somewhere. So he was pretty much good. Huh? There was no rusty reach arounds coming for him. There were no. My my question comes in: If we're talking about Man T A and having a long um, history, where would he end up with the NWO, and how would that affect Hogan coming in? I, they would have been the NWO. I don't think the NWO would have happened if TA was there. Yeah. Only reason At I say all? that. Yeah, only reason I say that because oh, Nashville still came over. They would have still came over, but I think it would have been different because yeah. the way y'all talk about Tully Blanchard, Tully Blanchard would have not Tully Blanchard. TA, Madam TA, Madam TA may have been the top guy, and Steen would have been the second guy. Yeah. So that, yeah, I, think he I, I don't think they. I, yeah, he I, wouldn't I, let them get that click going over there. That was the W. They brought a click stuff well, that too. Was, that was all Eric Bischoff. Yeah. That's how it ended up. No, that's it. they said they brought the NWO uh, Bischoff, I thought. And Bischoff said, yeah, it's wrong with the NWO. Look, that was Kevin Ash and Rumor. Uh, Kevin Ash and uh, Scott Hall. Scott Hall. Scott Hall. That, was a little well, that, was, that was Eric Bischoff's idea. NWO? Yeah. Yeah. It was Eric Bischoff's idea? Yeah. He brought oh. them over to do the NWO gimmick. The New World Order gimmick. Yeah. The question was, who was going to be the third guy? Right. They didn't know who the third so guy was. So my question is, uh, instead of Hogan coming down, would they put Magnum T.A. in that role? Yeah. Possibly. And then Mag- Hulk Hogan would have never had a heel turn? Possibly. I imagine where the... Possibly. Would it have lasted as long without Hogan? Uh, I mean, that's, I that's the know. thing. Like, yeah. where... Would it... Would they NWO have... was such a big thing in WCW and yeah. Southern Wrestling. Oh, yeah. yeah. How yeah. would Magnum T fit into that? But would... Because they were big heels. Would he feud with them? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, where... And then where to Sting... Like, if if Magnum T wasn't around, would Sting even be around? Yeah, of No, Sting would probably still be there, but... Because like, Sting if... filled the role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you guys kind of got to look at the, the thing that... I think... This is when Magnum T.A. left, Sting took over. Sting was soon, about a year And then Lex Luger right after that. 87 was kind of like so a So would Lex Luger year. even be anything? No, Lex Luger might still be son, and I think Lex Luger would do something just because of his look there. Well, he got over in WCW. That was the thing. He got over by WCW, got discovered by Vince McMahon because of that. And, of course, the bodybuilding thing. Yeah. Would he just have been a bodybuilder and gone right to the WWE? But never have the WCW experience. Well, the thing no. about it is that before that, he was down wrestling in Florida Championship Wrestling. He was pro in 86, but by the time he came in 87 to join the NWA, they were looking for that Hulk Hogan-like look, but they wanted to start... Because there was a role he was missing because of Magnum T.A. Yeah. Well, Magnum so T.A. could have taken over no. Hulk Hogan's role that they were looking for. Yeah, but he wouldn't have I, I don't think it was Hulk a big Hogan, role missing because wasn't Flair there at the time? Flair's a heel. But Luger, came, Luger came in oh, as okay. a heel. He came in as the Four Horsemen. Oh, that's right. He joined the Four Horsemen after they. they okay, got but, rid of but Sting, Sting, we're definitely saying that if Magnum T.A. was around, Sting's career wouldn't have been. 
You well, wouldn't have had that feud with Ric Flair, though. Yeah, it with Magnum TA. Right. Ric Flair would have feud with somebody else. No, I'm saying Ric Flair would have been with Magnum TA. With, oh, Mag- oh, Magnum TA and Ric Flair would have feuded. Yeah. And I'm saying St- the thing that put Sting on the map wouldn't have happened. I don't know. I think uh, I, I think know. Sting's yeah. character was so colorful. Right. That's what kind of what like, gravitated him. But would he Flair. would he have eventually had the time to get his colorful character going? Yeah, I think so. he came in. Like would have taken up. Yeah. He came in with the dingo. He, he came in surfer. That's that that was his start as surfer. And then, I mean, if Magier would stay healthy, I mean, I say healthy. Had had a unfortunate incident. He, you gotta realize the Lance, the, the 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 business, the the, the NWA into WCW uh, atmosphere would have been different because you gotta realize that it was. I'm trying to explain this without because I don't know. I don't have the. I don't know the backstage, uh, no politics. But I would see that if we are in agreement that Man T.A. would have been done well in the business. Um, Kevin Ash and, and, Ray, and Scott Hall coming over there wouldn't have been something that was ta- wouldn't have been such a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like they went over there for more money. Why would you go pay no. Kevin Ash? I mean, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Ash and Scott Hall more money when we have Madden T.A., Ric Flair, and Steen. Because of their names. Because of the names. The names. The names. That, that, that impact. impact. They, 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 they came down. Yeah. That impact. That. Spark that mm-hmm. that was Eric Bischoff's idea Yo, to big take guys the talent left. and ruin WWE with it because of his ideas and his thoughts and his because he knew what needed to be done to hurt the WWE so he did it and that was one of the ways to do it yeah um, because you have Magnum Tate doesn't that doesn't change that wait Eric Bischoff was there in the eighties. No, not the eighties. That's what I'm saying. It's, okay, you talk about it's a long, it's a large period of time. That's well, the nineties. Where Mag T A was. Uh, we're, we're we're talking about everything eighties. We're kind of jumping years now. Yeah, I see where you're getting at. Yeah, it would change right after right if he didn't get injured in eighty six. Yeah, so you got eighty seven, eighty nine, ninety, and wherever. Even if Magnum T A was around, N W A and W C W still would have merged. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Of course, it was still what happened, but yeah. So Eric Bischoff would have eventually taken over. Okay. Because Bill Watts would have left, and all Vern Gagne would have gone. Mm-hmm. So Eric Bischoff would still take over. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody else to fill that role that existed besides Eric Bischoff. So if you take the regular course of action, just because you have one wrestler, doesn't change a lot. No. And sure, it changes um, some stuff, but it doesn't change everything mm-hmm. that eventually happened with. Big companies, so Eric Bischoff would eventually take it over, and because of Eric Bischoff's idea and thoughts and how he wanted to take down the WWE and his drive, he would eventually would have formed the NWO. So how did Allison? Did you just you say that TA could couldn't change wouldn't change big business, but because Kevin Nash's claim to fame was that he changed the wrestling. Business when he went to WCW, right? He would have still done that. So that is changing big. That is changing business. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't happen just because he showed up. Who it happened because Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash. It it because the had... Eric Bischoff's idea of what to do with Kevin Nash. That's what changed it. Okay. Just having well, just having a wrestler keep doing this because even when Magnum T left, someone filled his spot. And sure, there might have been some revenue loss, but so, I don't think um, it would have been significant amount that oh NWA is gonna absorb the WWE type thing. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. that big, no. so the big picture items in a timeline don't change. But the smaller stuff, like maybe Sting not being as big as he was. Maybe that might change. Maybe he might have been bigger later. Later, um, he maybe he not having that initial run with um, uh, Flair. Rick Flair, but he may have been at versus the NWO later. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, little small details would have changed, like who would wrestle who. And what I'm saying is, like my idea with Lex Luger, because Lex Luger. Feuded with Ric Flair. Yeah. If Ric Flair had an opponent like Magnum TA, he might not be looking for the younger talent. Yeah, absolutely. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I have one question before you sum it up. 
I, the NWO in, was what, 97? Uh, spring of 96. Do you really see Magnum TA being around WCW that long? I see him doing like the early WCW. That would have been 18 years. Right. If, you know. He, 86, yeah. this is 96. He had he defeated. 18 years. Had he actually you know, gone on to defeat Ric Flair for the NWA title and felt like there was unfinished business, I could see him going to WCW for maybe like a revenge match or two. But I don't see a guy like him, now knowing what I know, going on to be with the younger guys. No, I see him being a part of like the Ric Flair clique. In like WCW. a horseman. Like a horseman. Not not being a horseman, but just being the baby face of that Because what I did, what I did is try team. to use Ric Flair as a barometer, because he's the best barometer we got yeah. for his for that for age, his bracket. age yeah. bracket. Yeah. And Ric Flair was with the NWO. True, true, later on. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, of course I could see that. I can see that storyline going. I can't see the initial 96, Hogan coming in, Magnum TA being a part of the end of And then, And then um, something else that I wanted to bring up, when Rick Flair leaves and goes to WWE, what would, how would that change with Magnum TA? I think it would give him actually more opportunity. I think when, that, when, he, when Flair left the way he left, it kind of screwed up a lot of the storylines and where they were going to be heading. And it was a big scramble match at that Great American Bash in 91, as we all but would know. But it, what I'm saying is, like, would it not have been a scramble match because they have Magnum TA to rely on? I think you could have easily have put Magnum TA in that main event against, like, a Barry Windham yeah. for the, uh, the championship at that time and fill that void until they were That's able awesome. to reconstruct yeah. that, that void, that story. Right. Okay. Anyways, well, you know, we don't know, but I think as far as I'm concerned, you know, it was a good question, and we got some interesting answers as far as where Magnum T.A.'s career might have gone. You know, we really don't know, and it's unfortunate that his career ended shortly. We're not trying to um, disrespect him by any way or form in this podcast. Uh, If anything, we we want to praise his career because he had some hell of matches against Tully Blanchard and Nikita Koloff and Wahoo McDaniel and Ric Flair. Um, our fell between the crack match on this particular episode, we are going to go back to good old-fashioned Magnum TA as he takes on Tully Blanchard at Starcade 85, the I Quit match inside of the Steel Cage. If you have not seen this match and you're listening to this podcast, feel free to pause this podcast, go to your network, and you know, watch this match. This is by far a very, very good um, final match between a very long feud that was going on in 1985 inside of a steel cage. It was an I quit match. The only way you're going to win this one is for one of these guys to say, I quit. The referee literally had the microphone going to the wrestlers' faces saying, hey, you say I quit? And they're screaming no. They're using that microphone to beat each other with that thing. It's bloody. It's brutal. To me, I think it was the mainstream level of what a lot of wrestling fans look at as being hardcore. I don't know. What what do you think, Jamal? You said you watched it. You loved it. All right, uh, so I absolutely love this match right here. This this right here, this was was an all-time classic to me. This is an R Truth level rated five star match right there. This this is this is on my top of uh, top. He, of he my said R Truth by the way, fan. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a big R Truth fan, greatest ever, you know, all time Hall of Famer. I'll be there once they induct that man. I'll be there in that audience, <laughs> Jean Jacket and everything. But no, I actually really love this match. It's it's one of the few matches where I can say it was a lot of blood, but it was worth it. It was worth it. No one walked away with Hep C. <laughs> so it was clean. Well, I mean, oh, we I'm assuming. I'm assuming no one walked away with Hep C. You know, back then you really couldn't tell a lot of stuff. And then I also found out uh, some people can't pull punches. I, I was happy about that. Because Madam TA was not pulling not a single punch. Welcome to Southern Wrestling, man. Man, mm-hmm. I understand Southern Wrestling. <laughs> I know you haven't seen much Southern Wrestling. Yeah. But uh, everything, nobody pulls any punches out. Nope. No. They yeah. try to kill each other. Yeah, I know. But this this right here, this this this, this was a straight douchebag in the ring. Madam T.A. was like, nah, I'm a... 
I'm gonna hit you with all I can. <laughs> Tully Blanchard just looked pissed every time he got hit. Just, just out of his mind, pissed. And that's what made that match even better. It was like it was true anger in that ring. Oh yeah, true anger. Yeah. They were going at it. And then the old Mike hit. First time it was cool. The second time I almost lost my shit. I was like, he doing it again. <laughs> he doing it again. Oh man, that was a classic. I recommend this one 100%. If you ain't seen it, go see it now. Turn this uh, podcast to the side. Turn your television, YouTube, network. and We might even post it on the Facebook page just because we need y'all to see it. If we legally can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because we're not going to do that. No, well, we're not going to do that. My, 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 my uh, justice guy and uh, colleagues uh, <laughs> all said that we can't do it. But... Uh, I, it, it has my uh, rating of approval. If anybody wants to go in on this match, y'all, y'all are more than welcome. I've said my piece here. <laughs> Rayvon, what's your uh, what's your take on this I Quit match? One of the things I thought was interesting, though, and I forgot to mention this, that not many times you see this, but Tully Blanchard cuts his arm. Not the for he cuts his forehead, but at the same time. He gets a little color on the arm because guess what? His arm's getting thrown against the cage. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Raymond, what's what's your uh, what's your uh review bad idea? Match? I got have a few Stupid notes here. Uh, I like the I like the size of the cage. Yeah, it made it yep. it made it intimate. It made it it made it made them feel like it was personal. Yeah, very intimate. I mean, they were each other's face the whole time. Right in there. Uh, it was it the the looking at the fight like like look at the fight. It looked like it was a fight of will because neither one wanted to give an inch. It seemed like it was, they were testing each other's strength. You know, they was going. It was it was great. It was a lot of great in it. it was, yeah. They they used every inch of the ring. They were up. They, they're. The rope in the, the apron was about a foot big, but they used it. Yeah. The the cage was was tiny, but they used it. The they used the ropes. They used the turnbuckle. They used they used the microphone, like Jamal said. They took you. Took, you want to talk about the match was good? It doesn't need blood. That match was good. And oh look, Sunday on top of blood. Blood. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> didn't. Uh, uh, the great seller. I didn't know. He was, I didn't know he was pulling punches. I thought. I, I didn't know he was pulling punches. I didn't know. I thought. I didn't know it was real. Now I do. It's even better. Yeah. Uh, well, the last season. Uh, and being confined in a ring, whereas the, as the years went on, they wanted to expand it, expand it, expand it. I think that's what ruined the cage match and why it's irrelevant now because you don't need the cage now to have a match that gruesome because now. They're doing it over here in the crowd. They're doing it over here on the announce table. They're doing it over there by the stairs. It's like the cage is like we're going to contain all this fury. We're going to contain all this blood. <laughs> we're going to contain all this anger, all this this pent up frustration of you picking with me, uh, me trying to defend myself, and we're going to put it in a small little bottle and let the top go and then see what happens. That's what I thought. Why I thought that match was great. And we'll say we're one thing in. that's missing out of cage matches nowadays. What's that? Is the fact that you don't need to get out of a cage. I always thought that was one of the most compelling things in a cage match. I thought it was one of the most dumbest things Exactly. Ever. I thought it was so cool. You're confined in the cage. Exactly. You gotta get, get no out. Escape. A dog can get out. A bird can get out. Why should I be able to get out? No, you like that. That is so cool. <laughs> and I think a dog get out of a steel cage. I, I miss this. I miss the exactly. struggle for the door. And watching people get pulled away from that door at the last minute. I never understood that theory. I was like, it's in a cage. This is so good. The idea is to end, so no one can come in. Mm -hmm. Why are you going out? You gotta. Because there's the rules. That was WWE putting that swerve on things. Great job, guys. I think there was always a rule, wasn't there? No. In the WWE, yes. Because that's all I watched. Did you yeah. see? Did you see the cage you made when they got to the cage? Yeah. The referee did this. Click, click, lock. No, you can't go nowhere to go. Yeah. No Maybe I had to throw a chair. Look, they, not Maybe I throw a wooden chair. Thank you. Over it because I can't open the door. Get in. He got out. Uh, I love it's, the fact that you had to get out of that cage. Okay, I mean, it led to so many cool things. 
fun. Cl- and then oh. climbing on the cage to get out was always so fun. Sure was. Fighting yeah. on the top of the cage. Oh, yeah, you talking about those uh, bumps, like concussions and all that uh, stuff yeah. that happened? And uh, the loss, loss of the ear? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, that was good stuff. <laughs> That's where that stuff happens. Yeah, David, exactly. What did you think of the match? <laughs> well, you didn't need blood. Blood is no... If you don't believe her a fall, I can't help you. I will tell you. I thought this match was amazing. Um, I mean, it was, after all, a first of its kind because wasn't the... Um, you all right? Mm-hmm. Because it was the first of its kind and there were no real rules or regulations yet with that style of match. Yeah, I quit. That's, that, that's the rule. Plus, um, the feuds back then were, what, months long? Versus like weeks long. Yeah, this one we're talking almost all of '85. So it was pretty cool to see it culminate inside a steel cage, and not only that, I'm also a big fan of when belts change hands. Yeah. So I liked it. It was brutal. It was violent. It was every bit of what they said it was going to be. Yeah, I thought. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's one of those long feuds that took that. Now I want to say took forever. But it was a few that it started kind of slow and it kept building up, building up, building up, building up, and then we finally get to Starcade. We're gonna sell this once and for all. We're putting a cage around the ring instead of having someone getting pinned or submitting. That other guy's gotta say, "I quit," which is more humiliating, as they all mm-hmm. say in the business, than a one-two-three count or submission. Brandon, uh, you, Mister Anti Blood Man, in the corner here. What's your take on this wonderful match from Starcade '85? It was alright. It was alright. I, I thought the, the uh, <laughs> Bret Hart and uh, Jerk or uh, Chris Benoit match was better. Why was that? No, I, I liked the style of wrestling better. Okay. I liked that technical grapple better than a slobber knocker and a beatdown and a yeah. bloodbath. Okay. So it was all right. I mean, I, I can understand where all the points are coming from. They're all. They're all so, good. I want to piggyback on our uh, <laughs> what other topic we did. It was, yeah. it was a blood topic, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it. you were saying that it was uh, it had you think you said it should be used sparingly. So this was not only a steel cage match; it was an I quit match. Okay, it was you say that was sparing? Like it had to be done because you were in a I quit steel cage match. So blood was necessary or not necessary? I guess is the question. Yeah, you're nailing blood. Are you, in asking that match. Me, are you asking me, did blood add to the match? I'm asking you, was blood necessary in the match? No. Opposite, no. no. So they could have had that great of a match with if two you guys. It was a great like match, yeah. and it shouldn't matter if it had blood or not. Hmm. Absolutely. I mean, hmm. you had two stipulations right on top of each other. You yeah, really didn't fine. need blood. And a wooden chair. You that was great. Getting yeah. stabbed in the guy's head. Hmm. Well, yeah, if you're going to have something like so, that, it's <laughs> blood all the way. If someone's going to stab someone with a freaking stake in the heart, he should be bleeding. So <laughs> you're just making sure. But you didn't have to do that. So how do you make the man quit? You make him submit. These are two grown ass men from the south. <laughs> they I don't say it. I mean, there's I there's plenty of times when they had I quit matches where people quit. Well, look, all I'm saying is I preferred the Bret Hart, Chris Benoit match. Yeah, I mean, it's this match. was a great match this too. Was a great match too. It was all right. In their own respective eras, and their own I can maybe name yeah. 20, 30 matches that were better. And I quit Steel Cage match. No. I'm not the biggest fan of steel cage matches. I was when I was younger because there was a certain amount of realism there. I've never been. The steel cage match, the the actual steel cage for this match here, it's not that high up. No. I think it's not even 10 feet. No, it wasn't. Um, It was about 7 or 8. If you look at the ropes, I mean, it's just a little bit higher. The only steel cage match that I liked was, I think, Undertaker vs. Mankind. That's a hell in the cell. That's a hell in the cell. That's not a cell. Still, he doesn't even know the difference. Even that, I didn't really care for because it was stupid. Well, the part yeah, we felt like, we got, we fell off and hit this. Uh, let's yeah, say was too much. Too much. The Austin McMahon steel cage at Valentine's Day Massacre, and it was entertaining. Plus, you had the debut of Big Show. I'm not a fan of steel cages. Did you like King Kong Bundy and Hulk Hogan WrestleMania too? That was a good one. Was because of the blue bars. I actually prefer the blue bar cage. Ha! Huh. That likes the cage. <laughs> like, I, okay. we we I mean, it's so iconic 
that my mind just goes right to it. Oh, no, absolutely. Because I, I just remember, like, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Yeah, and I thought sucks. that was—I thought that was a great I it was one of the match. Worst steel cage matches ever. <laughs> Man, you like some bad matches, then I guess. Just because they're in a steel cage and they're both trying to get out of the yes! cage. Yes, it's made it so good. Not one of them thought, "Hey, let me take my brother, throw him against the cage, and knock him out, and I'll just walk out of the cage." Just saying. Well, that shows, shows an iron <laughs> yeah. will that you know that's not going to work. Anyways, there's so much drive aggression. Like, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Wildcard Wrestling. Give us your take on what your feelings are on this I Quit match from I know 1985. You're all I know it. I know. Um, I don't have to if worry. If you guys want to, if you want to cite Brandon, go ahead. Um, it's fine. You can say. You we'll, can say. Uh, we'll unfriend you on Facebook. <laughs> you um, can say. All, Facebook. all of these guys will apologize to you. I promise. Mm-hmm. Till the next time, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Mm.